sermon series simply called The Spirit. And we're going to be learning about the Holy Spirit today and through the next three weeks after. And I'm really excited about it because it's something that I don't believe I've done as as pastor here uh, to do a sermon series specifically focused on the Holy Spirit. I will give you a little behind-the-scenes thing to know, though. We almost called this series Whatever instead of The Spirit. Yeah, you can talk to Tim and Trish Blake about that. We talked about that, didn't we? I'm like, in fact, Tim was like, uh, why do you want to call it that? So we talked about it. I'm like, here's the thing. When I think about us talking about the Holy Spirit, if you inquire about the Holy Spirit of someone else, like, hey, I've heard about that. Uh, tell me about that. There is so much misconception, misunderstanding, confusion. And even if there's not so much of that, we may not just know much of anything about it. Or even if we've read all about it in the Bible, to actually say something in a nutshell that would sum up what that is, it's kind of like, well, it's whatever. <laughs> there's, there's a lot we, we either don't know about it or if we do know it's confusing and, and, and we don't quite have a grasp on this thing, this person of the Holy Spirit. It's just kind of easy to just shrug our shoulders and, and just kind of say, well, whatever. Uh, and maybe we have done that. Maybe you have done that. And as far as your spiritual journey that you've had, maybe you've never given much thought to the Holy Spirit and, and what He is, who He is, and how that impacts your life. Well, we want to sort of go through this whatever phase together today and through the next three weeks and say, oh, we're not going to settle for that answer anymore. We want to actually come to a better understanding. I mean, I don't know what you think about when you hear the Holy Spirit. Think about what first comes to your mind. Maybe for someone in this room, it would be the concept, that theological tenet that we embrace called the Trinity. You know, the, the triune God, the God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And it's, I'm telling you, volumes of books have been written to try to even explain that with our finite minds, and we still really can't, but it's what the Bible teaches and what it says. We have one God, but it's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, so maybe that comes to your mind. Or or maybe if you're like me, whenever the Holy Spirit comes up as a topic at all, I have a flashback to the first time I went to a Pentecostal church with my grandma, and that's my first experience with the, it wasn't the Holy Spirit, it was the Holy Ghost. And I was like, okay, okay, this is exciting, this is awake. There were musical instruments I never thought could be used in church at her church. And I think about that, my mind kind of goes back there a little bit. Maybe that's what comes to your mind when you think of the Holy Spirit. Maybe some of you have uh, learned a little bit about spiritual gifts, and you think about all the Holy Spirit gives us gifts to use for His glory. There may be all these different topics that come up. And like I said, it can cause us to just kind of throw up our hands and say, the Holy Spirit, well, it's a whole bunch of whatever. There's all kinds of things to say about it, and I don't even know what to say about it. Well, we want to make it graspable, attainable a little bit here. Not controllable, not boxed in. We can't box God in, right? When you start trying to understand the person of God and try to grasp him and his work and what he does we don't want to put him in a box but I believe we don't have to just throw our hands up and say whatever either why because the Bible talks about the Holy Spirit it teaches us about the Holy Spirit it gives us some things that it wants us to know and understand about the Holy Spirit 
So I'm looking so forward to this journey together. And here's the thing. We can have a bunch of knowledge at the end of this four weeks, but that would totally be bad if that's all we left here with. And God doesn't want to continue to just pump knowledge in our brains. He wants us to be different. In fact, I would say if to sum up this whole sermon series, if you, if you want to go home with something every week, it would be this. You are never more alive than when you live by the Spirit. That's what you need to know. And I fear that many of us are really just kind of existing. We're kind of getting through life. And we may even be followers of Jesus. But we're missing out on the kind of life, the kind of power of living, the kind of joy of living that we could have if we were to zero in on the Spirit and the work that He wants to do in our lives. So, we're going to be looking together as we begin this journey in John chapter 3. If you have a copy of the Bible, feel free to turn there or you can swipe over there on your phone or your tablet. If you have that, we will have the verses on the screen as well. Uh, John 3, it contains the most famous verse in the Bible, right? Many of you probably know about John 3.16. You've heard about John 3.16. Uh, Today's a big football day. I remember growing up, I did not watch probably a single NFL football game where I didn't see someone behind the goalposts holding up a big sign that said John 3.16 in it. Uh, uh, so I knew that verse. I remember memor- the first verse I believe that I memorized was John 3.16 at Vacation Bible School because I would get candy if I could recite that verse. So yes, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Give me candy, all right? So that's, that's what I learned. Now, I knew that verse when I was a child, but it wasn't until later in life that that verse changed my life. But what you might not know, I mean, we, we, we read that verse, we memorize that verse, You probably know this, but if you don't, that verse actually is part of a conversation that Jesus had with a man named Nicodemus, who was a religious leader, an elite religious leader, a Pharisee, and he had actually come to meet with Jesus under cloak of night, and that's where we take this up here, starting in verse 1 of John 3. It says, now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night. And said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, He cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? 
No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven. The Son of Man. He's talking about himself there, Jesus. And he says something peculiar here. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. And he's referring to that account we find back in the book of Numbers in the Old Testament when the Israelites were basically experiencing a divine punishment for their disobedience. And there were serpents that were biting them and they were dying and they were sick. And God provided a way for them to be spared if they would just believe and look at this bronze serpent that Moses was holding up in the air, they'd be healed from their snake bites. So Jesus is sort of given a little foreshadowing of him being lifted up, as we know, on a Roman cross. So he says, no one is a, uh, excuse me, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Now what's interesting, especially when I look at verse 8 in that passage, when Nicodemus starts asking these questions, how can this be? What are you talking about? The answer that Jesus gives is almost another big old whatever. At first, when you look at it, it's like, I don't know that I come away from this understanding the Spirit that much better, Jesus. <laughs> Especially when you look at verse 8 and he says, let me tell you what the Spirit is like. By the way, the Greek word all through the New Testament that is used for the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is pneuma. It looks like panuma, peace out though. Pneuma literally means wind. Uh, more specifically, a blast of breath, which is a powerful metaphor about the Holy Spirit, the very breath of God being blown. That's the, the word for spirit. And Jesus really does a play on words here. Do you notice that? He goes back and forth talking about pneuma, the spirit of God, and then pneuma, the wind. And in verse 8, he says, when, he, when Nicodemus says, how can these things be? Jesus says, well, it's like the wind. It, it, let me read it for you again. In verse 8, it says, the wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you don't know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. That sounds like a whole big old whatever. <laughs> whatever. But here's, here's what it's saying, and this is a big deal. And I believe you probably know this already, but let's say it anyway. Let's acknowledge it together this morning. You can't control the movement of the Holy Spirit. You can't do it. We can't control God. We can't control what he does, where he goes, how he moves. We know that, right? I can get an amen on that, right? Amen. We know that. Or duh, we, can say, we take amens or does here. Yeah, duh, yeah, of course. We can't control God. We know this. You can't control the movement of the Holy Spirit. This is probably interesting for those of you who've been following Jesus a long time. You could probably say, and I've tried, <laughs> right? I've tried to make the Spirit move a certain way that I want the Spirit to move, especially in someone else's life, which God, I think, laughs at most of the time, right? 
You can't control the movement of the Holy Spirit. So, because of that, when the Spirit does something in you, it is an opportunity you must seize. You've got to take hold of it because you don't get to choose how and when the wind blows. That's what Jesus said. In the same vein, you don't get to choose how and when the Spirit moves, right? That's right. So what do you do about that? Simple. When the Spirit moves, you better move with Him. Seize the opportunity. When the Spirit moves, you better move with Him. In fact, Nicodemus's story is just that. And I believe that's why Jesus went there with him about all this born of the Spirit talk. I believe that's why he went with him there. Because I believe the reason Nicodemus even left at night so that his Pharisee colleagues who wanted Jesus to be killed, who wanted him to be silenced, who wanted the movement of Jesus to be quelled in some way, he leaves under dark of night to go see Jesus because there was a wind blowing in his heart. There was a wind. There was a movement of the Spirit drawing him to, you got to investigate. you got to check this out. That's why I believe with all my heart, anytime you're even thinking, hmm, I wonder if God wants to fill in the blank. Hmm, I wonder if God is trying to tell me, fill in the blank. Friends, do not take that lightly. That is the movement of the Spirit. And you must seize that opportunity and move with it. And I would argue that that's exactly what Nicodemus was doing. Now he gets there and he talks to Jesus and he seems very, very, very confused, trying to grasp it. Let's cut him some slack like we would have understood that, right? And if you read the rest of this passage, Jesus kind of finishes what he's saying and then it moves on. Next thing you know, we're talking about John the Baptist after this in this passage in John chapter 3. So what a cliffhanger. What did Nicodemus do after that? It doesn't really tell us there right after that. But it's as if I can hear Jesus saying, Nicodemus, the wind blows wherever it wants, and we can't control that. We don't get to choose that, so we just got to go with it. We need to raise the sail of faith and let that wind blow us where the Spirit wants us to go, and he's blown you to here, to me right now. Don't stop. Seize the moment. Go with the Spirit, and if you do, you'll be reborn. Being born of the Spirit is something you don't make happen. The Spirit makes it happen. That's what's kind of mind-blowing to me. And I look around, and I see some of you that I know some of your faith stories and what God has done in your life, some of you in recent days, some years ago. Let's be real. You didn't do that. You couldn't do that. Only the Spirit of God made that happen. You know what I'm talking about? You get this probably because you're like, you know what? Uh, I I don't know how that happened. I I think about what was different the week of June 17th, 1988. I was OCD enough to write down the date that I prayed the best way I knew how to ask Jesus to save my soul. Otherwise, I wouldn't remember it because I can't remember what I wore two days ago. But I can remember that date. 
And that was a week of summer camp. Students love summer camp. God uses summer camp in a powerful way. It was a week of summer camp. It was my seventh summer going to camp. I didn't hear any new information that week. I really didn't. I'd heard what I'd heard every summer at this camp. I'd heard what I'd heard at vacation Bible school when my parents would send me and my sister to vacation Bible school. I'd heard what I'd heard when I would go to Easter Sunday and maybe the one to three other times I would go some years growing up. I'd heard it, but you know what I'm talking about if you've experienced this, but this time I heard it. This time it gripped me. This time it was completely different. I don't know what it was. It was as if for the very first time I was understanding it. It was as if it wasn't just information that somebody was thumping a Bible in front of me telling me about. It was as if there was something in me telling me, this is for you. This is for you. I am here and I died for you and I want to give you new life. It was a movement of the Spirit. See, even your own salvation isn't even yours. The Spirit birthed you. You are born again, as Jesus called it. So here's the thing. Man, when there's a movement of the Spirit around us, that is an opportunity that we must seize. And what do we do? We need to move with Him. If He's moving, we need to move with Him. And here's the thing. If we do, it will make you new. Jesus called it being born again. It turns out you can't make yourself new. Only God can do that. Only God can transform a heart. Only God can regenerate us. We can't be saved. We can't be holy. We can't even be in the very will of God for our lives unless we follow the movement of the Spirit in our lives. Uh, I'm reading a book right now from, uh, written by Francis Chan, uh, a pastor and author. Uh, he titled the book Forgotten God. And I love that. It's his nickname for the Holy Spirit because we don't tend to think about the Holy Spirit very much. So we kind of forget about him. And I'm here to tell you, what I'm reading him saying is so true, what the Bible is saying true, what Jesus just said there. Did you catch what he said, how big of a deal this is? You best not forget about the Spirit. Because without the Spirit of God, the same Spirit of God that raised Jesus from the grave is the same Spirit of God that gives you new life, that makes you reborn, and that will cause us all to rise again in Him. The Holy Spirit. And what's really cool is when you see it happen. Have you seen it happen before? Maybe you've seen it in your own life. Maybe you've seen it in others' life. But have you seen that rebirth? Have you seen it happen before your very eyes? I've seen grown men cry, watching literally their heart of stone melt before my very eyes because the Spirit of God got hold of them and they said, I surrender. Yes, God. We baptized three little kiddos uh, in, the, in the service previous to this one. Man, we almost had to like... Uh, uh, you know, put a tranquilizer. They were so pumped to show everybody that they believe in Jesus. They follow Jesus. And uh, seeing some of these students and kids have their salvation moment and talk about that and seeing them up there standing in those waters uh, saying that, yes, I've trusted in Jesus and that light bulb is on. Man, that's the Spirit moving. And we cannot experience 
being born again without the Spirit's movement in our lives. And in fact, if you're in here and you're like, yeah, but I've, I've trusted in Jesus. I'm born again, okay? So you're talking to the choir here. Well, let me, let me, let me say something else. I don't know about you, but it didn't take long after I was born again to where that wind of the Spirit still kept blowing through. And you know what I'm talking about. That wind would blow through in my life and say, uh, 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 what you think you're doing, that's a no-no. Right? Man, the Spirit will blow through like that. Or that, that wind will blow through in the heart and say, I'm moving you to do this. Go do this. Do this. And we fight against it. This thing that God wants us to do, it's what he wills for us to do. And sometimes we fight against it and we miss opportunities. We miss moments of renewal. When we don't, okay, you are supposed to go to church again. No, you're supposed to open up the Bible instead of do this. No, you're supposed to talk to that neighbor. You're supposed to invest in them. No, you're supposed to stand up for that person. You're supposed to encourage that person. No, this is why you're here, not to focus on yourself but someone else. You're supposed to ask for forgiveness from your spouse, from your child. That spirit moves and is guiding us. And it's up to us to go with the spirit and become new. But it's the spirit that does it. To me, it's like, I hope I never stop feeling that wind blow through. Because if it stops, that's when I need to worry. Because it isn't me that comes up with, oh, let me think of how I can please God and do something great for him. No, man, that's not what our life's supposed to be about at all. Our lives are about the spirit of God moving, and we simply go with it. We move with him when he moves. That's what it means to follow Jesus. That's what it means to be a believer. That's what it means to be born again. Let me resolve our cliffhanger though. Nicodemus, you go to chapter 7 in John. And we see a cool little moment. The Pharisees are all like, let's kill him. We don't like him. He's bad. This Jesus. Nicodemus kind of stands up. Now wait a minute. He takes up for Jesus. That was kind of cool. But the real powerful moment was near the end of John chapter 19 when the body of Jesus had breathed its last and they were taking that body down from the cross. Another religious leader, Joseph from Arimathea, had agreed to let his tomb be used for the body of Jesus. And it says, here comes Nicodemus with 75 pounds of burial spices and perfumes to honor and worship Jesus, born again. And he didn't do it. The Spirit did it. I ask you this morning, as we begin to close our time here, are you born again? Have you experienced the rebirth that can only come from the Spirit in your life? If you haven't experienced that, do you feel the wind blowing? the Spirit moving, then go with it. Don't miss that opportunity because you don't get to create that. You only get to choose to go with it. And if you've been reborn already, do you feel the wind blowing still saying, stop doing this, start doing that, do this, follow me, trust me, Hold on to my peace. 
giving you strength? Do you feel that wind blowing? We're going to talk a lot about what that looks like in the next three weeks. But if you feel that, go with it. He's moving, but it's up to you to move with him. Don't miss the opportunity. Will you bow your heads with me? Father, we come before you asking you, actually thanking you for your spirit's work among us. And right now, Father, there might be someone that has never been born again. They've not experienced the new life that you died on the cross for them to have. And maybe they feel that wind blowing in their heart right now, moving in them. May they go with your spirit and do what your word says to do. You say in your word that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You say in your word that whosoever believes in you will not perish but have everlasting life. Father, you say in your word that if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And Lord, there might be one right now that it knows that they need that and they want that. Right now, Father, may they move with your spirit and say, okay, God, I surrender my life to you. Please forgive me and come into my life forever. May they be rebirthed right here, right now. Father, in this room, there are those who've been born again and who've been carrying your name for a long time. But Father, your spirit's still moving. Show them what next step you want them to take. Show them the movement you are doing in their life so that they don't miss the opportunity to be made new by you. We ask in Jesus' name, amen.